Good morning. Welcome to Jesus in Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. We are in Proverbs 8, verse 12 through 21, even though I have it labeled as 11 through 21. It's 12 through 21. So let's go ahead and say a prayer and get started. Father, we thank you for this morning. Be honored and glorified as we study your word. Uh, teach us new things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, got to be honest with you. I don't have as much study time on this section of verses that I normally get. So you're going to be, I guess, um, doing the exegesis with me this morning. And what that means is just a big, fancy academic word for um, summarizing, uh, describing what Scripture is saying and what it's talking about. That's essentially what it means. It's, it's essentially preaching. I mean, that's that's what you do when you preach. You take truth that's already there. You're not coming up with anything new. It's already there. And you are just trying to, to retell it in a way that brings more understanding for people so that you yourself can understand the passage more clearly. So you constantly, as you read through, you ask yourself questions. What does that word mean? How does this apply to something else I know in Scripture? Look, they connect. They, you know, this guy who's a different author here in Proverbs is saying the same thing that this guy did a thousand years later. This is interesting. There's a central theme and truth here. Let's pull that out. Let's focus on that. You know, that's what you're doing uh, when you're when you're going through this. So you can kind of do that with me this morning. Now it's a lot of the same stuff. Proverbs is is really hammering all the way through. Um, the idea of putting God first, right? Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's foolish people who, who reject that wisdom and instruction, okay? So you are wise if you are fearing the Lord, which doesn't mean you're terrified of him. It means that you respect him. You see him as real. You see him as true. You see him as the center of the universe, that everything comes from him and to him, and that your whole purpose for existence, your whole reason for having consciousness is to recognize him and to bring glory to his name. Um, that's the theme of the Bible. That's the goal of the Bible. That's the goal of the gospel. It's all about God. Um, and again, the passage this morning is the same. All right, so let's go ahead and read here because Wisdom. Solomon is writing this, and he, he gives life to wisdom. He gives wisdom a personality. And so wisdom is actually going to talk this morning in this little section of verses. It literally says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me princes rule, and nobles all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness and the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Now, 
we can this last part here it's a metaphor right obviously you know it's not saying that if you have wisdom automatically you're going to be wealth wealthy with material gain okay we know that's not always the case but you got to understand this is solomon we're talking about here solomon who according to god's word was the wisest man to ever live apart from jesus christ who was god in the flesh but just as a man, he was considered the wisest man to ever live. That's what he requested when God was going to bless him. He requested wisdom rather than riches and material things. Yet, because of Solomon's wisdom, because he, he was prudent, this word up here, which we're going to talk about again in a minute, um, and he had knowledge and discretion, he became a very wealthy king. He had a lot of gold. He was one of the wealthiest kings ever in uh, the history of, of um, the Israelites. And so he was very popular. He was sought out by other kings of other nations, by Egyptian um, pharaohs for his own wisdom and guidance. They would go see him and ask him questions. So it should come to no surprise when we see a metaphor like this down here. Um, that he is comparing wisdom to actual material gain and that, you know, God will bless you or you will be blessed if you are wise. And that's, that's a very practical way to think. If you're a prudent person, then you're going to plan ahead, okay? The term prudence or prudent means to be cautious. It's, it's the type of person that thinks ahead. How, what I do right now, how is that going to impact me in the future? How is that going to affect me 10 years from now, five years from now, a day from now? So it's wise to be prudent and to think ahead. And that separates us from the rest of all the other creatures on earth because we're the only creatures on earth who can do that. That's important because that, that is directly connected to our, our very understanding of our own consciousness and how we view reality. We can plan ahead. We can think ahead. I mean, the very gospel itself is about hope for the future resurrection, the things to come, and how we act now and the decisions we make now impact eternity, okay? Other animals can't think that way. They, they, they just go from day to day, moment to moment. They don't look up at the stars in the sky and ask the question, you know, who am I? <laughs> Why are we here? Um, what, where do those stars lead? Are there other planets out there? You know, they don't ask those questions um, like we do. But to be prudent, to think ahead, to plan ahead, which even some humans don't actually do very well, is a very wise thing. And Solomon was a master at that. He always was thinking ahead. He was very wise. Knowledge and discretion. You know, another wise thing to do for a person is to gain knowledge to gain knowledge. We, we take our education system for granted, I think, quite often um, in the United States. And we, we get knowledge early in life, and it's ingrained in us. And we kind of take for granted that we're able to read or do basic math and do some of the basic uh, reading, writing, arithmetic stuff. And we kind of take it for granted. But that's the steps to wisdom, and it's a prudent thing to do to continually educate yourself right? Because that's thinking ahead for the future, gaining more knowledge that you may need later on in life. It's good to have that knowledge. Um, discretion. Obviously, be wise. 
Discretion is tied directly to wisdom. Be smart in, in how you use your knowledge, okay, and how you plan ahead. So there's all these things. There's this idea of thinking ahead, thinking ahead, looking towards the future. And our relationship with God right now impacts our future. So you can see this direct connection here with the idea of what wisdom is saying, that she has prudence and has knowledge and discretion. And it's this idea that, that it's not saying the gospel, but we can connect this directly to the gospel. Because for you to accept Jesus as Savior, you're thinking ahead, right? You're thinking about eternity. You're thinking about the things to come. It's a very wise thing to do to be planning for your future eternity, for your soul, okay? Right? The Bible's constantly talking about this. Lay up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. That's the wise thing to do. Don't put all of your waking effort into gaining material things on earth because moth and rust can destroy those things. Thieves can break in and steal. And one day when you die, you're not taking that stuff with you into eternity. Therefore, wisdom has prudence, cautiousness, thinking ahead, looking ahead to what might be there, what is coming. The gospel itself, to embrace the gospel, is to be wise, and it is to be prudent, and it is to be knowledgeable, okay, and using discretion. So we can see right here there's this direct connection with the idea of accepting Jesus Christ and the idea of what wisdom is, generally speaking here, okay? This, it just directly connects. Now, second, second verse here. I don't know how far we're going to get in this today. So verse 13 we see Proverbs 1-7, again, essentially, but it's worded a little bit differently, and that's, that's important. There's something we can really pull from this. The fear of the Lord. Okay, we have that statement again. The fear of the Lord. In, in Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, that's the way it's worded, and that's true. That's right. To fear God means to respect him as he is real. He, he exists. He's there, and he has authority over everything. To fear the Lord means to respect him and to submit to him. The very term Lord means master. So you fear the master. You respect the master of the universe. To even make that statement to call him Lord signifies that you in your heart see him as master of you. Okay, So to call him Lord is, is you are submitting to his authority. And so we see again the fear of the Lord. But it's changed a little bit. There's a little bit of a difference in how Solomon words at this time. He says the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. So to fear the Lord is to automatically reject evil, reject sin. All right. So so how does how does this whole work? Okay. Now, what is sin? Let's ask that question. What is sin? Sin, essentially, is when you do anything that is contrary to God's original design and what he intended you to do and to live and to act and function, okay? And this, I mean, we could just talk forever about that. But sin is essentially to reject God's authority, right? If God says this is the way 
it needs to be. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way you're supposed to act. This is the way I designed it. And this is going to bring the most joy to you as a human being if you are obedient and follow these guidelines the way I established them. To not follow them is going to bring sorrow eventually. To follow them is going to bring joy and it's looking towards eternity. Okay? So to fear the Lord, you see him as master, that means you are obedient. You are submissive to his authority. Therefore, if evil is to do anything contrary to his authority and his rules and guidelines set up, then that would be to not fear the Lord. So you, you can't do both things here. That's the idea behind it. You cannot respect God and call him Lord, yet live in sin. You can't do it. You may be able to do it for a little while as a Christian, you, you may drift away into sin, but you're not going to be able to live in it and be at peace in that. It's not going to happen. It can't be possible. The Bible has another way to word verse 13 here. You can't serve two masters. You will hate one and love the other. Okay? You can't do it. Jesus says that. You can't, you can't be lukewarm. He says, I will spew you out of my mouth. You're either hot or you're either cold. You either fear the Lord and hate evil all at the same time, or you love evil and you hate the Lord. You can't have both. And that's essentially what verse 13 is directly saying right here. To fear the Lord is to hate sin and reject it. it, it they go hand in hand. They have to go together. It can't work any other way because to fear God is to reject anything that's contrary to his authority okay pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech wisdom hates those things if you're wise that means you hate them too if you're wise you respect God and his authority if you're wise you hate anything evil and sinful anything that goes contrary to his design for the reality that we live in. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil. Pride and arrogance. That's right there at the core of sin, right? In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, at the tree. Hey, I don't need God anymore. I can be God. It's pride. That's arrogance. I think it's so interesting that Solomon, he goes right there to the core, literally the core of, of the fruit, <laughs> of, of knowledge of good and evil. Eating from that tree and then their eyes being open and realizing what it is to reject God's authority. And it seemed so enticing at first, but it only led to sorrow for them. It only led to, to shame. That's why they went and hid themselves, Adam and Eve. You know, there's no shame. And then all of a sudden, when they sinned and they saw sin, then all of a sudden there was shame and they went to go cover it themselves, right? They went and took fig leaves to cover up their their um, bodies because they felt shame for the first time and God came looking for them and he couldn't find them and they were hiding from him and then obviously we see God provide this sacrifice he slaughtered an animal to make clothes for them to cover their shame and which points us to the gospel but the idea is the same you fear the Lord you reject sin you accept sin you're rejecting God it's as simple as that, and that's the point that Solomon's making here. So I'm about to stop, because I'm just going on, and I'm going to go on forever if, if I keep doing this. But um, this is essentially um, 
essentially what he's saying through this whole thing. All leaders need wisdom. He's reflecting on his own life as we read down from verse 14 all the way to 21. You can see him just reflecting on his life if you know the history of Solomon. All right, so I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. We'll continue some more tomorrow, but wisdom, seek wisdom. And it starts with seeing the glory of God and surrendering to him as Lord of your life. That's where real wisdom is. And if you want it, if you want wisdom and you seek it, that means you're seeking God. That means you're seeking God in his word. All right, have a wonderful and blessed, blessed day. Remember, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is of the utmost importance. Take care, stay blessed, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye. Bye.